0: Welcome to the podcast of Life Changed Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. All right, well, hey, good morning again, and just welcome. And I want to do something real quick um, before we jump in. And uh, I just want to celebrate God. And just uh, we're talking about authority and God's authority over certain things. And today we have somebody in here. Um, and I hate to just call him out, but, but Johnny Mitchell, you guys may not know him, but he do not have to stand up or anything like that. But he had cancer, but guess what? God's bigger than cancer, and healed him and delivered him from cancer. So we got to celebrate stuff like that, right? right. It's just amazing. What God can do. It's just amazing what God can do. And every Sunday we come up here, we pray for prayer requests. And what happens is is God God answers prayer requests. I think a lot of times we may just go on with our life without actually stopping acknowledging it. But man, we need to praise God for all the things he's done. He's answered huge prayer requests. For some of us, he's answered small prayer requests. And for some of us, he's in the midst and working and doing some things right now, which we'll talk a little bit about today as we continue really on our third week of this series called Authority, and today we are. We're going to talk about the authority that God gives us. But again, hopefully, you've enjoyed this. This is actually the last Sunday, and next Sunday we're jumping into a new series. So it's a Sunday you should Bring somebody with you. We're going into our summertime series, which is really one of the favorites that we have in this uh, church. We always spend some time in summer, and we just talk about stories. So the next few weeks, we're going to talk about stories of people, real life people. From Life Change Church, and it'll be interview style, so you get to, to know some people, you get to see how God is working in their lives as well. So just a, a fun series that we're jumping into next week. But today we are, we're continuing this series called Authority. And if you remember from the very first week, we talked about God's authority in our life. Then last week, if you remember, we it was more of a, a kind of a tougher sermon, uh, at least it was to, to present, but it was one of those ones where like, oh, I don't really want to, I don't really want to hear that because there's authorities actually placed in our life as well. And then uh, today is really the fun part though, because today we're going to talk about the authority that we have in God. We're going to talk about the authority that he gives each and every one of us. And again, he's the giver of all authority. So let's jump back in right in our main passage of scripture, which is Romans chapter 13 verses one. So hopefully you have this highlighted, maybe even memorized by now, but it says this Romans 13 1 says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. And again, the baseline for this whole entire series is this, is that all authority is established by God, right? Because he is the ultimate authority. Again, he's the ultimate authority in our life. He places authorities in our lives, but he also gives us authority as well. So let's just think about that real quick. How many of us, have some authority in our life, right? So today's Father's Days. So how many fathers do we have in the, in the room? Are you, round of applause for you guys, right? We, You guys. Here's what comes with being a father though. You ultimately have authority, right? You have authority over your kids. You have certain things that they, you are responsible for them as they grow up. And Sometimes that can be tricky. Sometimes that can be a little hard, though, right? But we do. As fathers, we have authority over our kids, right? For for when they're younger, we actually need to get our kids to bed at a decent hour. When they get a little bit older, they need to come home at a decent hour. And well, and then they grow older and older, what it gets it gets crazier and crazier, right? But we have certain authority. Now, some of you guys probably have other authorities in your life. Maybe you're maybe you're a boss at work, right? Any any bosses at work? Maybe last week was really uncomfortable because maybe you were the bad boss that I was talking about, of how to deal with and how to handle. Okay, hopefully not. But if you're a boss, obviously you have some authority. Your employees have certain deadlines that they have to stick with. There are certain guidelines. There are certain things that they have to do, and it's all under your authority to make that happen. Right? Again, we all have certain authorities. We all have different things that we're supposed to do and called to do. And as a follower of Christ, we have authority. As a follower of Christ, we have authority that comes from Jesus. In fact, if we call ourselves a follower of Christ, there's authority that comes from his name alone, right? There's power in the name of Jesus. There's authority in the name of Jesus, and that authority is something that we all have access to, right? In fact, there's a a great passage which is known as the the Great Commission, and it's really our, our commission to take his authority and to use it to reach all the world. And it says this in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Says, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and then the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. All authority, both heaven and earth, is given to Jesus. And he's commanding us to go with that authority. And he says he's gonna be with us to the very end of age, right? We have access to the authority given to Jesus. And we have access to do certain things, to make disciples of all nations, right? That's the power we have. That's the authority that we have in Jesus. In fact, Jesus tells us that if we believe that we will even do greater things than him, right? In, in, first, in John chapter 14, verse 12, it says this. It says, very truly, I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. They will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Think about that. Here's Jesus. Jesus cast out demons. Jesus healed the sick. Right? Jesus fed the hungry. Jesus forgave the unforgivable. If you look at it, Jesus defeated evil. And he says this. He says, We will do even greater things than these because we have the authority that he gives us. We have authority in his name. We have access to that power. And what that is, it's actually a delegated power. It's a power that that he gives us on purpose. It's a power he gives us so that we can walk in truth. We can walk in faith. We can walk in the love and share that with others. Understand this. Because he's the ultimate authority, the devil has to flee from us as well. The forces of evil, they have to run from us. That's the authority we have as believers. Because the victory is already won. The victory is already won. In fact, here's what I want us to understand today. Here's what I want us to, to really walk away with as we, as we begin to just get a glimpse of the authority that we can walk in with Jesus. And it's this, as we do not fight for victory, but we fight from victory, right? In our lives, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory, from the victory that's already been won, from the victory in Jesus's name, right? Romans 8, 37 through 39 says this. It says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We are more than conquerors. And because of that, we can fight from victory, right? Because of that, we do not fight for victory, but we fight from victory. And again, we see an example of this really going all the way back in the Old Testament in the stories that we've been talking about. And we see this in the story of David, who we've been looking at the last few weeks. And again, just like God gives us authority, if you remember, God gave David authority as well. And we see this all the way back in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 12 through 13, which we read, but we'll read again. It says this It says, Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Here's David, and he has the authority of God passed on to him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon David. And understand this. We have the same Spirit today. Jesus promised us the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we walk in the Holy Spirit, we're walking in His authority. And because of that, we can fight from victory. Right? In fact, if you look at David, he fought from victory. And he fought from victory. And one of the, the most famous stories in the Bible, and one of my favorites, is a story about him fighting this guy named Goliath, which we find in uh, Samuel chapter 17. So if you have your Bibles, jump there with me. We're going to kind of hop around in this passage, and I'll read some. I'll summarize some as well. we will jump in. And if you look at it, again, David was anointed by Samuel, right? And he had the authority placed on him from God. And really at this point, Saul was still king though. So David was still under the authority of both God and Saul, but yet he was still operating in the authority of God. So what's happening though is that Saul was king. There was these uh, neighboring groups, the Philistines, they were at battle with the Israelites. And in fact, they were at this particular battle where they were really at a stalemate together. Right, both nations had set up one side of, a, of the hillsides, and they were just kind of in a, in a standstill. So the Philistines, they brought one of their top warriors in. They brought this giant of a man named Goliath in. And when I'm talking giant, like I'm talking research that showed him to be like nine feet, nine inches tall. Like that's a, that's a pretty tall guy. But not only that, he was like a big guy too. Like just the upper body, like his armor and his upper body weighed 125 pounds by itself. So naturally, when there's a guy this big, guess what? He talks a little trash. So here's this Philistine. He comes up and he comes to the Israelites when they're at this stalemate and he starts talking some trash and he says, Hey, somebody fight me. And if you win, then we'll be subject to you. But if, if uh, I win, then you're subject to me. Right? He talks a little bit of trash. In fact, this is what it says in 1 Samuel 17:10. It says, Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. Right? I don't know about you, but I think this is pretty kind of a, pretty relatable in today's. Like it seems like everybody's willing and ready to fight. Like everybody's on edge right now in our culture. Everybody's just, you say something, they're just ready to go, right? And what it does is it causes a lot of fear. And this is really what Goliath was doing. He was causing fear in the Israelites. And in fact, the Israelites were scared. In verse 11, it goes on. It says, on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. I think that's a feeling that many of us, we can relate to. I mean, think about it. Over the last few months, I don't even know how long COVID nineteen's been going on, but for some of us, we've probably felt a little bit of fear. We've probably felt a little scared. We've probably felt a little dismayed during this time. In the last couple weeks, with the racial tension going on, we've probably felt a little scared. Right? We've probably felt a little dismayed, right? And this is really what's going on. And they're ready to fight. And then this is where this is where David and Goliath were. And this was happening for 40 days. Goliath would come out, talk some trash, and try to scare the Israelites. And then one day, Here's David and he arrives on the scene. And what's funny about this is that David wasn't there really to fight. David didn't even come to fight. He actually came to check on his brothers. And he was actually bringing them a care package to the battlefields. Like he was bringing them cheeses and breads and all these different things, right? That's kind of funny to think about. Here's David and he's coming in. All he is is basically a messenger boy coming with a care package for the soldiers. But what happens is God uses him because God placed this incredible amount of authority in him, right? And in fact, we see this. He he sees Goliath talking trash and immediately says this in verse 26. Check this out. Here's David. And he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? I don't know about you, but this just kind of jumped out to me. David's like, who is this fool? Like, who's this dude think he is? Like, who is he compared to the living God? Who is he compared to the ultimate authority? And don't overlook this, right? David knew who his authority was. David knew that the ultimate authority came from God, and it came from the living God. So what he says is like, who is this guy? He's talking a little smack himself. And I think it's funny, like he's saying, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Like, what if that was our like go-to when we talk trash to somebody? Like, listen, men's softball is coming up, right? Men's, and it's coming up pretty soon in the season. What if we saw the other team? like, oh, don't worry. He's not a good hitter. He's uncircumcised. We're good, Right? (laughs) Like that. That's some funny trash talk. But really what he's doing is this. He's recognizing that this person is not under God's authority. right? And he's recognizing that, David, that Goliath had no power compared to the ultimate authority who gives us authority as well. So David was ready to fight. Now it made some of his brothers mad. They're thinking like, dude, you're just bringing us a care package, right? But like, you can't fight this guy. But Saul kind of heard word of this. And so he brings uh, David to him and says, what are you thinking? Like, can you do this? So David really tries to persuade Saul. And we see this in verses 32 through 36. It says, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. So Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. And he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Again, if you look at David, what's he doing? He's calling out and he's relying on the authority given by the ultimate authority, the living God. See, here's what David knew. David knew that God was still at work. Right? David knew that, that God wasn't dead. David knew that God was working behind the scenes. Right? He wasn't sitting dormant. He wasn't sleeping on him, but he was working behind the scenes because that's what God does. He's always orchestrating and he's always searching and seeking for somebody to be willing, to be a willing servant. And the same is true today. God never stops working. He's working in and through us and he was working in and through David. So if you look at it, Saul eventually let David go into the fight. In fact, Saul even said, here, take my armor. But again, David was pretty young and he was pretty small in stature compared to Saul. So he could really barely even walk when he had Saul's armor on. And he says this in verse 39. He says, I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in his pouch of his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Now again, if you look at it, here's David. He was pretty self-aware. He was pretty self-aware. He knew that he had to fight the way God designed him to fight with a sling and some rocks. And not only that, check out how he actually approaches Goliath here in verse 45. It says, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This is Day, The Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I'll give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel. And all those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Right? Now that's some sweet trash talk right there. David steps it up a notch. I'm talking like that's like that's some old school trash talk. We're talking like NBA times. This goes back to like the era of like Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas trash talk. Like this is where it's at. Again, he says this. He says that all those here will know that the Lord says, For the battle is the Lord's. What he was doing, he was fighting from victory. He wasn't fighting for victory. He was fighting from victory. And because of that, he actually ran quickly to the battle line to take down Goliath. I just finished up this story. It's a little gruesome for all you kids in here, which are some of my kids as well, but this is where it gets real fun. This is where the kids actually perked up like, okay, I'll listen now. But verse 48 says this, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. And then David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine sword and drew it from the sheath. And after he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. Right? This is the end of it, right? This is what David did, though. He charged towards the battle line to meet him. And why? Because he knew his authority. He knew he was fighting from victory, not for victory. In fact, there's an old uh, verse of an old hymn that sums this up perfectly. It says, the battle's not mine, said little David, for it's thine. I'm in your favor. I've given it all to you. I knew not what to do. And I'm so glad you let me see. You're really all that I need. The battle's not mine. I give it to you, Lord. It's thine. Okay. And listen, that song's true for us. That song's true for us. That's old school. New school says I'm going to see the victory, right? That's, it's true for us. We're going to see the victory because we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory because of the authority given to us. So today, let me ask you, what's your battle? What's your giant? What's your Goliath in your life? And then let me ask you, are you walking in the authority that God has given you? Listen, today I want you to realize that God has given you authority to overcome each and every battle. God has given you authority to overcome each and every giant and Goliath in your life. Listen, hear me. If you're here today and you're struggling, if, if you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with anxiety, if you're struggling with regret, if you're struggling with shame, whatever, if you're struggling with, with addiction to something, listen, that's not the heart of Jesus. That's not what he wants for us. Listen, he wants us to lick and walk and he wants us to feel the, the, the victory that he's already won for us. Listen, Jesus didn't die on a cross so that we remain captive. Jesus didn't die on a cross so that we remain in bondage, right? He purchased each and every one of us at the most extreme cost ever so that we could walk in his authority, right? So that we could declare the promises that God declared over us. Listen, his word is ours. The word of God, the promises of God are ours, and we can declare those over our life. Listen, we don't have to worry about being st- stuck in, in stress and, and all this tension that's going on because we have the promise of peace and a peace that surpasses all understanding. Right? We can demand fear and anxiety to lead to, to leave us. Right, we, can, we can legit get after the enemy. Right, We can charge the battlefields. We can be like David, and we can charge the battle lines because we have the authority. Listen, we're sons and daughters of the Lord Most High, and because of that, we have access to the authority. Because of that, we have shared access to that authority. Listen, your giant has no hold on you. Your Goliath has no hold on you. His authority leads us to, to freedom. His authority leads us to healing. His authority leads us to forgiveness. It leads us to love. It leads us to joy, peace, patience, kindness, and all the other fruits of the Spirit. That's what we can experience, right? That's what we can have in our life. And listen, the enemy knows that. The enemy knows that he can't hold us in bondage whenever we actually know our authority in Christ, right? That is some good stuff. And here's how we put it into place. Here's how we live it out. Number one, to live out our authority in God, we actually have to be self-aware, right? We have to be aware of ourselves. We have to know a little bit about ourselves. Again, if you look at David, he knew who he was, but he also knew who he wasn't, right? right? He, and he utilized his God-given authority because of that, because he knew who he was. Again, if you look at him, when he showed up on the battlefield, David knew who he was, right? He showed up and says, you know what? I can take this, I can take this giant. Like I've taken lions and bears and tigers. Well, he didn't take tigers, but he, he says, I can take this giant because I've taken down lions and bears because of what I've done in the fields, watching after my sheep, right? He knew what he could do, but he also knew who he wasn't. He knew he wasn't a, a skilled warrior, he knew that he couldn't carry the armor of Saul, right? He knew that he couldn't carry the sword of Saul. The man, he could, he could sling a rock, right? And so he relied on that. He was self-aware. He operated in a sweet spot. And the truth is we need to do the same. Right? We need to become self-aware. And to put the authority of God in place, the authority that he gives each and every one of us, we have to become self-aware. I think the problem is a lot of times we, we lack self-awareness. In fact, there's this thing called the, uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect. I think a lot of times we fall into this. And because of it, a lot of those times we don't operate with our full authority. We don't operate really in our sweet spot. What the Dunning-Kruger effect says is this. It says those that are lowest, lowest in competence are often highest in confidence and vice versa. Those that are uh, highest in competence are usually lowest in confidence. And what happens is this, is that typically people operate out of either a false confidence or an inflated confidence, or they even hesitate to act at all because they operate out of this low self-esteem. But either way, they're not—it's not their sweet spot. Either way, they're not operating in the authority that, that God's given them. Listen, I want to challenge us. I want to challenge us to become self-aware. This is one of the hardest things to do in life. Right? This is actually—this is actually a sign of maturity as well. But listen, if we're going to operate in authority, we need to be mature as well. So we're going to have to ask ourselves some hard questions. So I want to ask you. Maybe t- take time this week to reflect. What's your sweet spot? Right? What are you good at? And when I say what are you good at, like don't, don't emphasize it. Don't go crazy. Like don't th- don't talk about the things your mom says you're good at, right? Listen, because my mom says I'm good at a lot of things. I learned later that there's some things that she said I was good at that I wasn't quite good at. She's my mom and she loves me, right? There's some things that, but we have to figure out what we're actually really good at. Not just what we think we're good at, but what we're actually really good at. What others have seen what, and even noticed that our strengths. And then we have to ask ourselves the hard question, what are we not good at? What's something we can't handle? Like what are some of those armors, right? What are some of those armors that that we're not called to bear, nor should we bear? What are those armors that that maybe are too heavy for us that we need to set down and go pick up a rock instead? We need to ask ourselves those. What are our weaknesses? Where does the power of God need to show up? We need to ask ourselves those questions so we can become self-aware, so that God can work in and through us. And and we can operate in his authority that he's given each and every one of us. So number one is self-awareness. Number two is faith. To operate in the authority God gives us, it takes faith. Plain and simple. We have to have faith. Again, if you look at David, David led his life with faith. He said to Goliath, he said, You come, you come against me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. Almighty, right? Again, he said this. He says, this is the day the Lord will deliver will deliver you into my hands, right? This is what he says. These are statements, and these are statements of faith, and what this comes from, it comes from relationship, right? The book of Romans says that faith comes from hearing, right? But I say this. I say hearing and listening is a must for relationship. So I think faith also stems from relationship, and we see with David. In David's life, he was known as a man after God's own heart. Why? Because of relationship. Over and over and over again, you see David rely on God. You see David spend time with God. You see David praise God because it was a relationship. David's authority, David's power, David's victories all flowed from his relationship with God. And it's the same for us as well. And we have access to this relationship through Jesus. And we have access to this authority through Jesus. Again, Jesus lived a perfect life, died on a cross, and was risen again for us so that we can have a relationship with God. I'll go as far as to say this. I think there's some times in our lives where where we lack spiritual authority. And I think a a believer's lack of spiritual authority can often originate from a lack of intimacy, intimacy with the source of all authority. A lot of times we don't know our full authority because we don't know fully who God is, who he is to us, because we're not in relationship with him. So I want to challenge us today. I want to challenge us to step up in relationship. I want to challenge us to step up in relationship. Become a person after God's own so I want to challenge us to have faith. And maybe for you, maybe that means we start a relationship with him today. At the end of service, I'm going to give you that opportunity. Back fact, if you want to, there's connection cards in the back seat. If you have a connection card, you can pull that out. And it says, I want to commit to make, it, to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. I want to commit my life to him. That's how we start it out. Listen, I believe God's given each and every one of us an incredible amount of authority. But we need to be self-aware. We need to have faith. Again, the authority is that we have is that we are fighting from victory and not just for victory. And this is what we should want for our lives. This is how we should operate in our lives as well. I know for me, I want to walk in the authority given to me. I don't want to miss out on things that, that he's already won for me. I don't want to miss out on the victories that have already been, been won and accomplished because I'm chasing after him, I'm fighting for him, not for him. So when, I get to, when I stand before him on Judgment Day, I don't want him to look at me and say, Corbin, you did a pretty good job but there was so much more there. There There's so many more victories there. There are so many more things that you could have had in your grants, not because you accomplished them, because I already accomplished them for you. I wanna walk in the authority given to me. I don't wanna miss out on any of those. I think I forgot my wallet, but Sarah, can you grab my wallet real fast? I got an idea. (laughs) Nobody's getting money, don't worry. Facebook Live, don't start making comments right now because you want money. I think I have a 20 in here, though. Perfect. (laughs) So, think about this $20 bill, right? See, this was going to be a really cool illustration if I would have had it with me, but I left it. And it may have lost some of the meaning behind it, but probably not. But think about this $20 bill. This $20 bill gives me access to certain things right? When I go into a store, this $20 bill can get me certain things. I can buy certain things at the grocery store. I can buy certain things at, at Walmart, Target, wherever, right? I mean, at the, at the car wash, this $20 bill, like this gets me the Mac Daddy car wash talking like undercarriage dried and everything, right? Like it's got some power. Like at, at Wendy's, this is like five, four for four deals. Like that's, uh, that's going to make you sick automatically. And at, at Chipotle, like, this, is, this is a good meal at Chipotle. This, this is like with guac because we all know guac is extra. Right? It gets us something. But if I took this $20 bill and I left it back at the sound booth right, and I forgot it and I went to Chipotle, what's, what happens? I don't have the authority of that $20 bill. Right? I'm not going to walk out with a, a burrito with guacamole. I'm going to walk out disappointed. Right? If I took it somewhere else, I'm going to walk out disappointed. And here's what I think we do. I think this is a good representation of what we do with the authority that God's given each and every one of us. We have access to it. We take it, and then we put it somewhere else. We hide it in our back pocket. We leave it in the pocket, and those pants are left at home. We leave it in my, in my wallet, which is in the soundboard, right? We leave it somewhere, and we don't use it because we don't have access to it, because we forget about it. And I think too many times we forget about the access that we have to God's authority in our life. And listen, we need to walk in that authority. We need to remember. And we need to pull it out of our back pocket. We need to pull it out of where God's given us. And we need to operate it by having faith and by being self-aware in our lives. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. As we end this series on authority, I want to challenge you to walk in the authority that God's given each and every one of you. And that authority is the love of Christ. And we use it to share with others. we use it to not just fight for the victory, but to fight from the victory. So if you would, as we close, again, maybe for you, maybe to, to start... Maybe as a, as a first step, maybe for you to walk in the authority of God, it's making a decision to follow Jesus. If you're watching online, what we want to do is we want to give you that opportunity. What you can do is you can simply just raise your hand, give us a comment in the, in the comment section, send us a message privately. If you're here, maybe for you, maybe that's pulling out the connection card in the seat back in front of you and check marking the box that says, I want to commit my life to Jesus today. If that's you, do it, right? Make that step. Maybe for you to, maybe you're here today and maybe God's asking you. Maybe God's asking you to become self aware. That's the hard task that you have over the next several weeks is, is to ask yourself, man, what am I good at? Like what am I really good at? And what am I really bad at? Where are some areas I've been operating in, in a false confidence that I need, to, I need to step back and allow God to work through me? Maybe for you, maybe it's just allowing God to, to do what he does by having faith in him. Whatever it is, I want to challenge you to, to write it down and then live it out. You can actually drop those connection cards off in the, the black box up here as you leave. But let me just pray with you as we close. Let me just pray a prayer blessing over you. Dearly, Father, we just thank you right now. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you that, that you're the ultimate authority. God, we thank you for the series that we learned that you're the ultimate authority. And as crazy as it is outside this world, God, as crazy as it is outside our own lives, and maybe even inside our lives, God, that you still have authority over every single situation. And God, we thank you for the truth that you've given us authority as well. God, we thank you for the truth that the, the battle has already been won. The victory has already been won. The war has already been won. It's already been decided, right? because of the power of Jesus, because of the power of your love. And God, let us walk in your love. God, if that was uh, making a decision to, to follow you, for those that made a decision to follow you, God, we pray that you go before them, show yourself real in each and every step. God, I pray that you give guidance to those that are that are wondering what the next step is. I pray that you give guidance to those that are that are going through and assessing themselves and becoming self-aware. God, I pray that and give us opportunities to take risks and what those are. They're opportunities for faith, God. And I pray that we walk in faith with you. God, go before us, go behind us, and go with us as we leave here today. Now we love you and we thank you. And in Jesus' name, amen. Cool. Cool, cool. All right, guys. Well, happy Father's Day. Have an incredible week. Uh, We will open the side door up. If somebody will open the side door up, you can go out that. And then um, what happens out there, if you hug somebody, we will not tell anybody. But shh. See you guys. Have an incredible week. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www. MyLifeChangeChurch.com, and under the media section, please fill out the Contact Us information. And let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.